Welcome back to another episode of the Post-Sermon Reflections podcast. Uh, We are on our second of the core series, talking about our second core value, which is Worship Matters. I'm again joined by Pastor Brennan. He's going to be with me, kind of answering some questions that I have about the core values and where they came from and what they're about, um, because it's such a joy to get to hear, man, what are some of the most important things that we want to remember kind of about our church, uh, some of the things that are core to who we are. And so we're going to hop right into Worship Matters, and we're going to start with kind of our intro question. We'll say hi, Pastor, before we hop in. Hey, Ruth. Good to be back. <laughs> Always good to see you. Um, you guys know I love to get down to business. Uh, it's one of, one of my favorite things about the podcast. Um, but if you are joining us for the first time and you have not subscribed, we could just ask that you would subscribe. Um, it's such a joy for us to get to do this podcast, and we do it because we love you, and we want you to be encouraged to, to live on God gospel mission and to be connected to the love of Jesus. And so friends, what I am going to ask first is, hey, this this core value, worship matters. What is the meaning of this core value, Pastor Brennan? So worship matters, it, it kind of has a dual meaning, okay? Yeah. So the, the first thing when we talk about worship matters, I think it's important to recognize that we live in a, a cultural time and place in Christian culture mm-hmm. where the average evangelical churchgoer attends church on average 1.9 times a month. Uh, Now, there's a lot of forces at work. I think we are being pulled in a million directions as a culture. You have soccer, you have softball, basketball, your kids in dance and all these things. And our culture no longer honor Sunday, right? Yeah. I mean, there, there used to be a time and place uh, where businesses were closed on Sunday and there was sort of a, a general acknowledgement of a day of rest that those days are long gone, gone right? Gone. So we're being pulled in all these different directions. Um, I think also COVID um, further complicated the issue, yeah. right? Um, and we have, you know, churches have live streams and different stuff and and it's become sort of the uh, a thing for some people. You know what? I don't really feel like going to, I'm going to stay in my, I'm going to, I'm going to do church in my pajamas. Yeah. Well, I would respectfully mm-hmm. want to challenge that mindset because yeah. I don't, I would argue you're not fully doing church if you're in your pajamas. I think there's value in being here, being in person, yeah. being in the room with your brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in Christ. Um, so there's the the initial concept of worship matters is, hey, yeah. it is important for us not to forsake the mm-hmm. gathering. Uh, that's Hebrews 10, um, that it is important that we commit to the ongoing gathering. We're mm-hmm. gathering together as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're reminding ourselves that Jesus is first in everything that we do. Yeah. We're reminding ourselves of the glory of the gospel. We're coming together because there's power in being in the room, as yeah. you like to say, right, Ruth? Mm-hmm. Uh, when we come together, when we make the effort to be together in person, mm-hmm. we are saying to one another, the gospel is true. Yeah. The gospel is true, yeah. and it matters that we are here. Yeah. We, as spiritual beings, we need to worship. We are all wired to worship, and we all worship something, Yes, right? We all worship something. The question is, what is it that we worship? Yeah. Um, but in coming together and not forsaking the gathering, as, as Hebrews 10, uh, 24 says, we are saying, hey, Jesus is worth my time. Yeah. My, my church family is worth me prioritizing this event of corporate worship. It's not the only thing we do yeah. as gathering as the body of Christ, right? We have small group gatherings as well, but there is so much value and beauty and power yeah. when we come together for corporate worship. So that's the first sense, this okay. idea of, hey, worship matters. We get out of bed, we prioritize it, we come and we are blessed when we're together. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, it's interesting, just like very pragmatically speaking, uh, we probably have a network of people who would say they're connected to Crosspoint, yeah. probably around 500 people. Yeah. Um, our average attendance 
on a Sunday tends to be over the two services, you know, somewhere 350, 370, 380, mm-hmm. sometimes pushing 400, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. And I think what it tells me is um, maybe we're not 1.9 times a month like the average, but we yeah. certainly are not all getting after it every Sunday, Yeah, if, yeah. if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so that's the first meaning is this idea of worship matters. Mm-hmm. It's important. Let's prioritize it and not forsake the gathering. Yeah, be in the room. Oh, that's right. That's so good. One thing that I think about in this concept is I was listening to a podcast that was talking about church attendance post-COVID, and they were saying, when you're thinking about your worship service, if everyone could experience absolutely every part of it online, then what are you doing? And it was kind of this invitation to say, if if there's no, I think of hugging Bud every single Sunday <laughs> as, a, as a form of worship that I'm gathering with my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I'm giving Bud a hug and saying, man, it's good to see you. Yeah. It's good to see you this week. It's good to be together. It's good to be here um, and be encouraged and the opportunity to say, hey, when I come to church, I'm coming looking to encourage my other brothers and sisters in Christ to continue on. Um, I always think of there's an opportunity on a Sunday as a, as a weary soldier of loving Jesus to come and to be refreshed, to be refreshed by singing God's words, hearing God's words, and living God's words. As I see my brothers and sisters in Christ and I say, man, I want them to see the love of Jesus in me as I am hospitable to them and I, and I welcome them in the name of Jesus and I give them a hug and I, and I shake their hand, and I say their name, I want them to know, man, you can have family here. You can have people who are asking about how you're doing. You can, I can remember, hey, I was talking to a buddy today I hadn't seen in a while and he, he's not super connected to our church and, and he, I, I recognized his name. I, I made sure I sat him somewhere with someone that I knew would, would welcome him. And, and I said to him, hey, what happened this week? Tell me about your job. What's going on? And to say, hey, he can't get that when he's sitting, maybe listening to the service. He can't actually experience being cared for and then therefore being able to care for others yeah. if he's not in the room. Yeah. Um, and so it's important to say, hey, if you're not in the room, what are you missing out of to give to the family of God and to receive from the family of God? Because the beauty of being someone who worships Jesus is we're always givers and we're takers. We're always giving and receiving, giving and receiving um, as we live um, loving Jesus and loving others and then also receiving that care back. That's one of the harder, I have a, I have a harder time receiving than I do giving because I'm selfish and I'm prideful. <laughs> um, and, and there's something beautiful to say, I actually have to receive encouragement. Uh, be dominant, just someone who always, I'm always running around like a crazy person and she stops me. She touches, she touches my shoulder. She says, how are you doing? And I, and I experience it every Sunday that she's here. She slows me down and she reminds me, hey, you need to see these people. You need to love them because they're your family. They're your friends. You need to make sure they know, hey, I'm not just rushing to the next thing that I got to do. And so that's, that's a reminder to me, hey, being here every Sunday, yeah. every Sunday that I can, I probably miss three, four Sundays a year. And in those Sundays, I, you feel, man, I, I, where's my family? I got to go back. I got to go back to my church, the people I belong to. Um, and so you mentioned that there's a two part. I'd love to ask you, what, is that, what does that second part mean? Yeah, so the second, the second meaning here for worship matters is like matters as in like issues surrounding something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're saying worship matters, it's important, but we also are doing some second level thinking there yeah. and saying, well, how we do worship is important as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we talk about Jesus being first, um, that we want to live that out in our worship and how we're doing worship. And I like to think that um, good, God-glorifying, Christ-centered worship is going to both engage the mind mm-hmm and ignite the affections of our heart. Yeah. Okay. So there's like an order there that's really important. Um, a lot of times within church culture. So just think about different denominations, different styles of churches. We tend to 
grab a hold of one and let the other one go. Yeah. So there are some churches that are real, um, in a wonderful way, like doctrinally driven, and they really care about truth. They're passionate about truth, the proclamation of God's word, and they really sort of zero in on truth. And it's about engaging the mind yeah. with right, sound, biblical theology. And that's right, and that's good, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. Um, and then on the other side of the spectrum, there's sort of a, a culture that says, you know what? It's so important that we engage the emotions. Yeah, it's so important, right, that we're that we're engaged with our feelings and our emotions and we're uh, demonstrative in our worship. Mm-hmm. And there's a false narrative that says you either can engage the mind or you mm-hmm. can engage the heart and the emotions, but you can't do both. Yeah. I categorically condemn and yeah. call out that lie. Yeah. Um, and this is something that your brother-in-law, Anthony, um, th- he puts it this way, and I really appreciate it. He's saying the order of that is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And he just shared a story with me one time about being in a church context that was um, sort of leading with emotion. Mm-hmm. So it was like really uh, focused in on, 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 on people's feelings and kind of engaging emotions and trying to sort of trigger an emotional feeling mm-hmm. to prepare someone then to hear the truth. Yeah. And I remember Anthony as like a young believer kind of being suspicious of that church culture and saying, I I think they have it backwards. We need to engage the mind first with the truth of who God is and what he has accomplished through his son, Jesus Christ. We need to engage the mind and then that truth, it can't die there. It can't stop in our brain, but it needs to sink that 18 inches down to our hearts. And that truth that's engaging our mind needs to ignite our hearts into a demonstrative, passionate, heartfelt expression of joy and worship and exaltation of the God who has given everything to us in Jesus Christ. So that's the model. When we talk about worship matters, how we do worship really matters. Mm -hmm. So we want to create a space at Crosspoint where we are very intentional about our content. We're very intentional about engaging the mind with doctrinal truth, with God's word, uh, really clearly articulating, this is who God is. This is who we are in light of who God is. And this is who we can be in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And this is what he has done for us in the gospel. So that must engage our mind but then it also must engage our hearts. Yeah. And when when the truth of who God is and what he's done in Jesus, when it really drops to our heart and grabs a hold of us, it should then lead to a heartfelt, demonstrative, emotive, yeah. worshipful experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's kind of cool about our church in that we have people coming from all different denominational backgrounds. Yeah. I mean, we have people who are coming from a charismatic background. We have people coming from like a, a you know, a, a more uh, cerebral, maybe a, a stuffier kind yeah. of background. H- high church background. You know, and yeah. um, so we have kind of worlds colliding here, which is hilarious. Yeah. And there have been times where I'll, I'll just sort of kind of feel the room a little bit and see what's happening in worship. And there are times where we have people coming from like a more uh, emotional worship mm-hmm. background and they are maybe crying out and praise to God. Uh, they might be, you know, really just screaming praises to God, yeah. maybe getting their dance on a little bit, right? They're, they're, they're kind of moving they're with the music a little bit. Yeah. And then you'll look over and you'll see someone and they're just, you know, very calm, mm-hmm. very collected, but they're singing. They're singing. And for them, that is pretty emotive, That's demonstrable, demonstrable yeah. worship. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? So it's yeah. really important that we're not striving for a certain, uh, oh, we have to do this to be authentic worship, right? But we're saying, hey, we want to engage the mind. And as we engage the mind with the truth of who God is and what what he has done in Jesus Christ, it's going to unleash our hearts and free us up um, in in worship. So that's really important for me that we want to create a space where uh, we're engaging the mind to ignite the heart. And there's really a place for 
everyone to come and grab hold of the goodness yeah. of God, uh, particularly in his son, Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah. I think of the concept that we, we sing to the things that we love. And so if we're pointing people to sing to something, it better be who Jesus is. It better be the reality of who he is. Yep. Because if, if they're getting themselves there to sing and proclaim in the way that I don't, I don't know if you sing to your wife. I am not married. And so I don't sing to my, my future spouse. There's nothing that I sing to you. I'll sing a Taylor Swift song. I have to be mindful where my heart goes when I do that. Ruth, I'm singing to God and God alone. <laughs> yes. But, my wife does not want me singing to her. I'll tell yes. you that right now. <laughs> uh, but it is, it's always been this expression of affection. Uh, is the things that we sing to. And I think there's just something beautiful yeah. in making sure we're guarding what we're pointing people to. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to kind of ask you, this is kind of our final question. How is this core value you talked about in our worship lived out in our church? And so what does it look like for someone to say, hey, man, I can see that really clearly lived out in our church? Yeah, I think part of it is the preparation that goes into yeah. our worship services. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not just sort of coming in and making things up as we go. Yeah. Right. There's 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 beauty to a spirit-led spontaneity. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a it's a false narrative to say that if you're doing any preparation for worship, you're not being led by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I heard a wise man say one time that uh the Holy Spirit can be just as active in our preparation mm -hmm. as he is in the actual time of worship, whether yeah. that's singing or preaching or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um so I think that's like really important for us to understand. But again, uh, we work really, really hard uh, to be prepared on Sunday. And it doesn't mean that it's ultimately up to us, but we say, hey, we're going to do the best we can to prepare yeah. and be super honor. intentional. Yeah. But then we're going to say, hey, Lord, we're going to ask you to bless this. Because mm -hmm. if you don't bless this, if your Holy Spirit isn't moving and active in the midst of our worship, then really it doesn't mean anything. Um, so mm -hmm. it's uh, that that's important for us when it comes to just really taking our preparation seriously. Um, a lot of times people are asking me like, you know, how long does it take you to prepare a sermon? Um, I'm usually about 25 hours worth yeah. of work during the week to prepare yeah. a sermon. Um, and I'm sure there are some pastors who are, are maybe more efficient or further down the road and can mm -hmm. do it faster. But for me, I find that if I'm not putting that much time in, I'm just yeah. not ready. I'm not yeah. prepared. Uh, I know our worship team works hard to, to be ready and prepared. Um, so that's important, the preparedness. But, you know, there was a, a, a cool story just happened uh, this fall that, that really blessed me. Um, there was someone coming to Cross Point who had a friend who lives up in Queens, right? So for people who don't know, Queens yeah, yeah. is one of the five boroughs in New York City. And geographically speaking, it just happens to be the furthest one away from us here in the central part of New Jersey. And um, so she was looking for a church and she began to tune in online and was just kind of catching the live stream. And uh, she was really blessed when... Um, one of our volunteers from the production team who does our, uh, she web hosts. So she like, yeah. you know, is kind of monitoring and hosting our online service experience. She had the opportunity to pray with this woman and she just really appreciated that was really blessed by it. And, um, she ended up coming to church and she drove from Queens, <laughs> Queens. Yeah. Right. So we're talking probably over an hour and a half drive. Mm -hmm. You're paying tolls on the New Jersey turnpike. Like this is crazy. Yeah. And she came to visit Crosspoint in person because she was like, you know what? I want to experience this in person. Mm. So we met her. We were so grateful she was here, you know, so excited to have her and just felt sort of this moral responsibility to be like, hey, maybe we can help you find a church close to home because it's so important that you're connected. Yeah. And she came back and she came back again and she came back again. And she visited some of the churches that we suggested, but she said, you know what? There's just something special about being here. So mm -hmm. if you guys don't mind, like, it's important that I, I I keep coming with my daughter. And we were like, we don't mind at all. We love that yeah, you're yeah. here. We just want to, we want to shepherd you well. Yeah. But that just really hit me like, man, like she sees the value of being in the room. Yeah. She sees the value of being here and that worship matters. Yeah. No, that's so good. And so our encouragement to you friends, because we want you to be able to say, man, I, I understand what this core value means, but how does this core value apply to me? Hey, if you're not in the room, 
uh, you're listening to this and, and maybe your attendance is a 1.9, we would lovingly encourage you, hey, look at what your time looks like. Um, I want to encourage you. I played competitive sports uh, my entire uh, high school career, and uh, my dad did not allow us to miss church. Um, I probably missed church very few times in my life. I went to a church that had multiple services, but I would just say that if it really matters to you, uh, you can do it. Uh, you, you can make the sacrifices necessary. I showed up to many games late <laughs> and had to tell my teammates, and I had to sit on the bench for some of that time. My dad made me experience, hey, no, 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 you don't play. You don't play for you. You, you worship Christ, and then you, and then you get to play. That's, that's, that was the priorities in our house, and uh, my brothers played, played in college. We weren't, we weren't joke athletes. Uh, we really cared about the game, but my dad really prioritized, hey, be in the room, and then the things that you sing to matter. And so make sure that the things you're listening to, the things that you're ascribing your heart to, that there's a real person of Jesus. Um, and so thank you guys for tuning in uh, for the second core value. Uh, we can't wait to, to hit you with it next week. All right, have an awesome rest of your week.